My friend Dave Gomez has cancer. If you're active in the Chicago pop-punk scene, then you most likely know who I'm talking about. He's been in uh, such bands as Superfry, Plastic Smiles, and Night Terrors. And uh, a bunch of Chicago-area bands are coming together to help Dave cover some of the costs of his cancer treatment by putting out a compilation called Gomez. And the compilation is available for pre-order right now at davegomezcharitycomp.bandcamp.com. And the comp includes Tim Rogner of Alistair, Till Morning, Guardrail, Hi-Ho, and several more. And they're all covering songs by some of Dave's favorite bands. Dave Gomez was there for us when we needed him, whether it was at one of our shows or supporting our podcast. Whatever it was, Dave was there for us, and now it's time for us to be there for him. Pre-order this incredible compilation today at davegomezcharitycomp.bandcamp.com. Thank you. I'm going out, I gotta go, I'll bang a ring on the radio, so turn it up, I'm telling you, I think I'm ready for something new. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya, hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Listening to Pop Punk and Pizza with Jacques Lamore. Hello, welcome. Hope you're doing well. I know a lot of people are still getting sick in the world, and I hope you're not one of them. I uh, got a great show for you today. If I'm not mistaken, uh, this is the very first time I've interviewed a band where all the members are related. So the band is called The Discarded. They're from Orangeville, Ontario, Canada. Consists of Joel, who's the dad, and his two sons, Caden and Jared. Now, Jared wasn't in for this conversation, but Joel and Caden were. And it was really cool to hear about their story and how they became a band. So I present to you Joel and Caden of The Discarded. It's great to meet you guys. I, I apologize that I had to reschedule on you the other day. It's all good. Um, where are you from? Where's where you come from? Buddy? I'm I'm uh, in the Chicago land area. So right. um, so I'm in in the U.S. and you guys are in Toronto, right? We're north of Toronto, actually, but yeah, oh, okay. pretty well Toronto. All right. I talked to so many bands from the Toronto area. It just seems like a like a hot spot for like punk rock and pop punk yeah there's uh there's been a lot of bands i've been i i originally in about 82 started in a hardcore punk band that was in toronto so there's a lot of punk rock hardcore bands pop punk bands that have come out of uh toronto or still around in toronto and that sort of thing we, yeah. we you know a lot of not a lot of musicians can afford to live in toronto anymore so they're now outside of it a bit more because houses are so expensive. So it's kind of killing the artistic community in the downtown area where I used to live a lot. of. so we, I've moved north 
since then, a lot of guys have gone to a place called Hamilton and Teenage Heads from there. And like that's down the road west of Toronto. And some uh-huh. people go east and that sort of thing. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I, you know, it's, I feel like I hear that all over uh, the world, um, yeah. or especially in, in the U.S. and in Canada, how cities are just no longer, you can't afford them anymore. Um, well, they condoed them all up, right? And and yeah. what was what made it, uh, uh, say, say a downtrodden neighborhood, artists would come in because it was cheap to live there. Musicians would come in there. They would start their own uh, sort of uh, businesses and clubs, et cetera, et cetera. And then it became a really cool place to go. So all the money came in and drove all that out and sanitized it and killed it, you know? Yeah. And it happens time and time again in neighborhoods. And now it's at the point in Toronto where there's really nowhere. Well, and they're just buying like lots. They're buying houses now to tear it yeah. down and build these like massive yeah. fancy houses. Fancy houses or condos. Yeah. And then the the businesses they bring in are like the the more high scale yeah, you businesses. Your, you know, yeah, you get your chain stores and that sort of thing. It's nothing that has any sort of feel to it. Like, and just with what's going on now, the clubs are really really hurting. We we went on a tour last. Uh, November and we did 15 shows and half of those clubs are closed now. Wow. Yeah. Man. So it's, it's really hard time to feel bad for sort of folks and how they're getting through. Like some of them are doing podcasts and, and streams and stuff like that, but it's, it's not really the same as having a club that's open that people are going and, you know, they lose their food sales, they lose their, their booze sales, that sort of stuff. Right. Right. Everything. So yeah. how, how is the COVID relief working in, in Canada for, is there any funds for any of the, the venues at all? Are they getting uh, any kind of relief? I know, like businesses, there was funds to keep, things going it's just that they can't be open right uh, mm-hmm. that's hard for them so if you want if you were a place that was able to stay open which isn't uh, a lot of the restaurants when you get into a severe lockdown right then it, 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 it's a matter of uh you could get subsidies to to pay your workers etc there was some things that there should be uh money to the arts to kind of help save these clubs etc but it's been slow coming the only thing that really happened was they gave everyone for probably the past six months, even longer, sorry, now up to nine months, I guess they've been giving them 2000 a month. Okay. As opposed to 600 after six months or something like that. Sorry, I didn't, uh, no salt in woods there. Okay. <laughs> I, it's so funny you mentioned that because I, I, before um, I got on the Zoom call, I was scrolling through my Facebook and someone posted a status because uh, I'm sure you saw what happened in the U.S. today yeah, at the yeah. Capitol. We, we, so we, 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 we live and see every day. Right. So so anyway, so that whole storming of the Capitol happened today and someone posted on their Facebook. So we still getting that that 2000 (laughs) and i just started dying laughing i'm like oh my god did you guys get a chance to get to that yeah did you get a so is that happening before your 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 outgoing president tried to start a revolution right yeah the capital an insurrection Mm, just a mess it's such a mess but um I'm, i'm glad that you guys have been it sounds like uh getting you know getting some funding personally but uh, you know the venues like just in the u.s um with that last stimulus package that was passed here they finally just signed 
some of that stimulus money going to venues, to entertainment, the entertainment yeah. industry. After almost a year of being in this, they're finally going to start getting some relief. But just like in Canada, there already have been several that have closed. Yeah. So. Yeah. I've, I've actually, we've, we've been working. I've been working through all this. So. Okay. So what do you do for, for work? Uh, Caden's an elevator mechanic. Whoa, that's cool. Is and, Does that require, like, did you have to go to school for that or? No. You, you'd think, wouldn't you? No. Yeah. you. I mean, I don't know. You would think so. It's it, like an it's, apprenticeship, okay? It's like an apprentice. You do a certain amount of hours and underneath someone who is accredited. Uh, you sign up and to be part of the. You do some like safety courses. You do, yeah, you do safety courses and basic courses to get into it, and then you're kind of like, like any sort of journeyman, you start off as the gopher sort of guy as you learn more and more with yeah. an experienced person with you till you move up through the different thresholds to your fully trained sort you of thing. You don't have to know anything. You just need to know how to not. Die. die yeah don't <laughs> learn first don't die and then let's learn how to build something that doesn't kill people <laughs> i think that's the true criteria right there uh rule number one there's this big shaft don't fall down it <laughs> uh and me i do i i i work at a company i'm an hr manager i do that oh okay and dealing with the peeps, the people all day. Ironically, the first and the last guy you see at the company. <laughs> That's true. Man. Nicest guy will ever fire you. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, so with Caden, with working in uh, maintaining elevators and things like that, I, that has to be like a pretty good paying job. I would think. <laughs> Not really. No? It, I mean, it can be once you're trained up. Yeah. Uh-huh. Once gotcha. you're like a, a full full on mechanic, you get paid a lot of money, but not gotcha. when you start out really. What was the big thing one of the big things you were surprised by when you started that job, like learning about how an elevator works? How you want to go back to school. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> how you want to go to college after that. No. Uh go ahead. Um I don't know. Well, I do like the the in-house elevators. I don't do like the big high rises. So it was just cool to see. Well, there's basically the reason it takes, if you're ever wondering why it takes long to build an elevator is because there's just backups for the backups for the backups, like safeties for the safeties, because they want to make sure like it's impossible to get injured in an elevator right yeah so i was just kind of surprised at like how many safeties there were and uh canada passed a thing where there's a disability act where there has to be access for everyone so you'll see elevators going in retrofitted into a lot of smaller buildings now and you'll see with the population when it grows older as well you'll even see them in private residence and people build them into their houses now and that yeah yeah we got we got a little bit of that here um mm. but uh i feel probably Maybe not as much just because people can't afford it, but some people can, you know. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I would think there has to be so much safety procedure with an elevator because so many things can go wrong. I remember my my family and I were going to a birthday party and um, it was in a, you know, a, a tall apartment building and we went to use the elevator. We got stuck in the Ooh. elevator with, you know, my son who was 
gosh, I don't even know how old he was at that point. Maybe like a, I don't even know if he was a year old yet. And uh, so the three of us are stuck in this elevator freaking out. And then it finally started to move. And did, uh, did you have an emergency button or a phone or something? Um, I don't remember. Um, it was it was definitely an old rickety elevator. I remember yeah. stepping inside that thing and thinking, "Oh my god, <laughs> like should we be doing yeah. this?" You know. Yeah. How old and is your son now? He's uh, almost four. There you go. So, and actually, shoot, like that's something um, I'm sure that gets brought up with you guys, and and something I wanted to bring up is you two are father and son, right? And the that's whole right. band and is the bass player. The bass players are my other son. Yeah, you guys are all related. Um, yeah. That's wild. Like, you don't hear that in punk rock that often, I feel like. And that's so cool. Um, so how did that happen? I, I mean, Joel, I mean, you had to be like the ringleader, right? Or was it your sons that were like, hey, dad, let's start a band? Uh, no, we, we had, I always had musical instruments. I was in a band before this. I was originally a drummer before Caden became the drummer. Like I was a drummer in a hardcore band. So they were around me while I played and I always had a music room, always had a drum set set up. So I've got a picture of Caden at, you know, two years old on my drum set playing and yeah. stuff. And we used to do fun little jams down in the basement. And then you got a kit for your birthday, a real kit when we had a uh, kind of a kid's one before that, but you got a real one when you were 13, I guess. Right. And we just... Go ahead. We were kind of jamming, kind of went. Oh, sounds all right. Let's. And uh, I was in a band, and a friend had a, a party, and they, hey, you guys want to play? And I go, well, my band can't play, but I'm doing this thing with my kids. Are we all right if we come over and we do some tunes? And we did a few tunes, and uh, people liked it. It was. Yeah. You're kind of like uh, the father in the Jackson Five. Well, exactly. I, I don't think that's a good analogy there, son. If we, if we remember the history of Joe, yes, I beat the crap out of them and made them do their dance moves. Caden, uh, do you have a fascination? Do you have a fascination with uh, Neverland, Caden? <laughs> <laughs> with uh, Peter Pan? Oh, God. I'm just oh, kidding. Bad connotations there as well. Oh, just, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, but I guess after a while, we. You know, you can't get anyone to do anything they don't want to do. You know, like, screw you, dad. I'm not doing that. With you. <laughs> they didn't want to do it sort of thing, right? Like, mm -hmm. what? what do you think? Well, you want oh, to yeah, play drums, no, right? Like, come on now. I'm not saying I didn't want drum. Right. Well, you made me wear some outfits. Oh, I made them. Yeah, we had, like, when we did our first show, we wore, we wore, like, matching shirts. And, you know, he's rebelled quite against that. Okay, we don't have to wear the damn matching shirts anymore. We don't want to do that. Enforcing it for quite some time. A year. That's quite some time, was, I guess, in your short life. It was life. multiple years. It was a year and a half? No, because yeah. you come out with a new outfit every time. Oh. Like, where are you, my stylist? Well, pretty much. Much, you know, nobody you want to wear now. You just want to, you want to play naked, don't you? Pretty well. Yeah. Whatever gets the you know, Yeah. Whatever gets the air flowing. <laughs> rock sound, pop sound, that sort of thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> too much, too much for the imagination. You need a little, no, sorry. So we were playing some big shows. So I said, hey, let's look like we're a pro band and come out and, you know, wow. And, you know, everyone else was wearing ripped jeans and t shirts. Do we, you know, walked on out of the audience. We went, ah, we'll just, come on looking not like we do and play like really fucking raunchy music. Right? <laughs> I mean, I always, I always thought it was cool when, when bands would, you know, wear some type of uniform, you know, well, um, well, we had an album cover where we we're wearing a certain thing. So I had us wear that for a little okay. while. Right? I think I saw a picture of, right, of the that. red shirt. And the yeah. I had like the, the knives or the swords 
and yeah, it, right with the hearts. Too. Yeah, that's our yeah. logo thing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Caden, are you a drummer? You were t- <laughs> you're talking about playing <laughs> naked. It made me think: Are you a type of drummer that has to wear no shoes? Because I know that's a thing. Um. Well, yeah, yeah. Some I don't. Shoes. I don't usually wear shoes. I wear socks. Yeah. Just because yeah. I, I started drumming like inside, and I would wear my shoes inside. So oh, okay. whenever it came like gig time, I was. It just felt weird to be wearing shoes. You get a better feel for your pedals with no shoes on, sort of thing. Yeah, I, I most drummers that I I've ever played with, they they play without shoes, or they always have to play with shorts. They cannot play in yeah. pants. They have to wear shorts. Well, you, I, I can play in pants. Yeah, I, yeah, I prefer to play in shorts instead of pants, just because it gets it gets hot, hot and sweaty, and starts sticking to your legs, right? So yeah, well, like you. Sorry, Before they had like the LED lights, they'd have those Fresnel lights about two inches away from your head, oh, and you would just boil back there, and you couldn't move from them. So yes, those things are so, so hot. <laughs> Most, My brain is cooking, you know. Pretty much, like everything, it everything was cooking under those lights, and yeah, pretty yeah. much by now, most most venues have have uh, switched out those old lights with the LEDs. I feel like, yeah, you know. But um, so what have you guys been up to in in lockdown? I mean, I know your you know, your last record was released in in 2019, uh, yep. Soundcheck and Fury. And then, of course, I I know you did a, a live session in uh, 2020. Yeah. Um, do you have more of those coming up or how are things yeah, we, looking? We, we, in... did a, we did a couple of things, actually. We, we, like we said, we released uh, 2019 November, we released that Soundcheck and Fury. And then we played a bunch of shows and we released an EP, which those EP and that album kind of go together as one whole thing. Oh, it's okay. like 17 songs. And it's that we did like a whole bunch of shows, like 24 shows. And we did 15 during November, December into January. And we started recording another album uh, in October of 2019. And we were getting kind of burned out doing this album recording and, and playing all these shows every weekend and that and doing and that. And we thought, oh, maybe we'll take a bit of a break. And then COVID happened. And we just finished recording all the bed tracks of this album we were working on. It's like I had 13 songs and we'd finished doing all the tracks to it. So we mixed it during the lockdown and that, and then we were, it's kind of a weird little album because we decided we'd do a, a concept album and we'd have these little vignette parts in between with talking and that. So we hadn't recorded them. So we, we bought a unit and recorded them at home in the basement in our studio and sent them to the studio to mix. So we worked on an album basically and finished it in October of 2020 so we did this whole concept album at one hour. It's almost like a film with a story arc that goes through a fictional band. We're pretending we're this fictional band. So we did that during lockdown and we decided we didn't really like that here on a cell phone, the microphone sort of thing. So we went into a studio and did three live sets in uh, August where we did the first set was the first and second album. The second set was the 2019 EP and album. And this third set, which is coming out, uh, Jan, January the 15th, that's a week from this Friday. I don't know when this is going to air, but uh, January 15th. It, and it's actually the songs from that album we just recorded and actually songs we've never recorded, stuff that will probably be our next album. And that, and Caden even inter, even uh, embraces his inner John Bonham on this one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And, uh, yeah, so that's coming out. So we got those three in from it. We're going to pick, that was like 30 some songs. We're going to pick 15 of the ones we like from the three sets and put on a live album from it. 
Oh, okay. Wow. So it's Man. got four cameras that they filmed it with and a real, like a board. So like you got mm-hmm. half decent sound. So we did that. Hell on earth. So we figured that would way we can't play out to people, but we can, you know, we usually give an exclusive somewhere and they release it for a few days. And then we put it on our YouTube channel, the discarded YouTube channel, and you can watch the first two sets. And then the, the third one will eventually be there. Okay, cool. So with the, when is this concept record going to uh, drop then? Well, we finished it. We want to uh, actually do an animated film to go over top of it, right? And just be yeah. a totally weird left field sort of thing. So I, I don't know, later this year, earlier next year, if we want to be realistic about how long it's for us to do it. We've mm-hmm. done the album, we've mixed it, we've mastered it. I just got the masters actually today sent over to me. And uh, we'll do the artwork and work on someone who'll, we, I got another person who's going to be meeting with me on the kind of outline for the script of what the visuals will look like. And we'll work on that. But I think we're also, we just talked about a, over Christmas time there, the three of us, probably in August, we'll probably go in and lay down just a straight up rock and roll album that, depending on how long it takes to do this film, you might see that straight up rock and roll album coming out or punk rock and roll album of our newest songs that are on this last set that we recorded. We're just going to go in there. We got like, it's about 10 songs, eight songs. I thought we need to, was it? I thought it was 10. 10, 10. Okay. 10 songs. Who knows? Yeah. We, we living together. We've been together as a band for four years and, and living together. We just came from a rehearsal downstairs. We can come up and go, Hey, I want to go rehearse. Yeah. Go downstairs and rehearse. Right. And so we tend to be a whole album ahead of what we're kind of doing. Uh huh. Because we write a lot of songs and, and you're usually more excited about your new songs than, than the songs you've been playing a whole bunch. And right. then we tend to go out and we, we, when we could play, we would play our new songs as part of the set to kind of make them, you know, road test it and really tight. So when we're going to record them, we've been playing them for a while. Sure. Sure. So that's oh, yeah. our plan for this year is finish up the visual to that one uh-huh. drops so either later this year or early next year, and then start, start a slow recording on, on the next one. Okay. Now, uh, Joel, was it you or was it Caden or, um, I'm sorry, what's, what's your other son's name? Jared. Jared. Oh, who came up with the, doing this concept record? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> He's a drummer. He's a drummer. And as a drummer, just like, tell me when I need to be there. And I play drums. And, uh, but you know, you, like an ape. Yeah. Well, ape. the funny thing about you is we're listening to the masters and there's, and this concept album has a kind of a funny thing where it has this intro song, it's about the get goes and it, and it has kind of like a reprise of that. And he's listening to it. And it comes with a reprise song and he goes, Oh, it's got different words. <laughs> I go, yeah, yeah. He goes, yeah, same melody, different words. Yeah, different words on that one. So that's kind of, you know, his thing, right? Like, but a lot of the songs now, Caden does, like, we write them together. Like, in the early yeah. go, it would be like, here you go, here's the songs. Or, you mm-hmm. know, since I'd played for so long, occasionally they'd go, hey, what about this song, Dad, that you used to play in this band? I go, yeah, I wrote that. We can do that. And we, you know, pull on it like a, an old, an older song that I used to do. But, but these ones, Kate, and you were very involved in writing them, the ones that are coming out on the latest one. Most, well, yeah, all those, yeah, all those songs, the, you and I wrote them together in the basement sort of thing. We, yeah, we would write the, play drums, play the guitar to it, yeah. and then you'd write lyrics over Right, so we'd kind of jam on a riff over a drum beat, and then I'd go, okay, I'll put that into a structure with some words after we're done, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, so a lot more lately. And then Jarrett's the bass player guy, is more of a guy who likes to go away and write his part. And he's like, you know, very John at Wetzel. And, you know, I'm going to make this complicated bass part with a lot of melody parts. And <laughs> I'm doing the Ramonesy sort of guitar. And, yeah. you know, you, you, 
think you're trying to stay on time. Yeah. You, you think you're John Bonham now, right? <laughs> well, when I feel like when you're a, uh, a trio, I was just talking about this with, yeah. with someone else recently, when you're a trio and you're a bass player, I feel like there's more pressure on you to write uh, more creative bass parts because absolutely you know because you're you're more your performance is more noticeable just right. because it, you're it, a simple just hold down the root notes, you got to kind of put a counter melody in there because there's another guitar player doing you know counter melodies or leads and stuff so right. you tend to do a lot of stuff where he'll do that and that's that's the wonderful part about jared he's he loves to go away and write some some stuff that i'm i would never think of that that's great man and that's mm. really a big thing about us I was a drummer, but I never go, okay, you need to play like me. He, you, I always, you need to find your own way and find your own beat and do your own thing. And, and it, and it's that unity of three people bringing distinct things to a song that takes, you know, I may have the rough chords and the melody and the singing and the structure, but when it comes together, when all three you bring your parts is what makes the song, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. So w- at what point, you know, you said you started out as a, as a drummer and you played, as a drummer until mm-hmm. until when when did you decide to, to pick uh, up a guitar I, or? like i was i was a drummer i you know i played in a band called fifth column for a while it's like this kind of a, a pre-riot girl band that kind of even like the inspired bands like bikini kill and stuff like that they're like okay. a, out of toronto bands you look them up i played drums for them i played you know some tr- like straight up hardcore bands in 83 84 with you know tsol and doa and bands like that and seven seconds and all those sort of bands opening for them coming through toronto i did that up through the 80s i guess about in about 80 in the later 80s i became kind of a, a backup singing drummer and then a singing drummer i was a singing drummer and then after a while they went well man you need to go out front which was i'll give you the hockey analogy it was kind of like hey you're a really good goalie man can you go out and be the centerman and score some goals and i was like ah you know because i was kind of writing the songs at home on a guitar and then uh-huh. but being the drummer in the band and so i just kind of went out and then i just went okay i'm gonna be a guitar player out front and kind of practiced up went to some open mic stages and did that to get my legs about what is it like to stand out in front with a guitar and sing into a microphone as supposed to be behind a drum set and do that so yeah. that was about 80 92 where i, I kind of went out front and started playing a bit more guitar and being a front guy out front Okay, so it was quite a bit of time before, uh, yeah, before it I was started. Like, yeah, like I and I played drums in that, and even like I did a, I drummed on uh, the, the the bass player had some buddies who put out an album from a band there called Sharky, and I played drums on that, and you know I got another project where the, the we had a woman sing back up on this last album I was talking about. Mm-hmm. She wanted to do an album, so I'm going to help produce that at the same studio that we did our album at, and I'm going to drum on that. So okay. not that I don't drum anymore. It's just that I tend to be the guitar player in this band, and that's what I do. And as a guitar player, I'm a pretty good drummer. <laughs> I mean, I, since that's what you started with, you know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm comfortable <laughs> on drums and, and yeah. guitar. I finally got your drum set up. I got my drum set up in my room here because Caden's, <laughs> I, I play left-handed and he plays right-handed. So oh. he, he doesn't like when I switch his drums around and he just bought this really nice new drum set. So I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to set my drum set up in my room and okay. I'll have a place to be able to play mine without yeah. changing it around and pissing you off. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, dude. You, it's just like uh, Step Brothers. 
don't touch my yeah, drum set. Exactly. So I went downstairs and I, I rubbed my scrotum all over his drums. And he wasn't like, I'd prefer that than you switching them around. You prefer me rubbing really? my scrotum on him than switching his drum around. So we've got that on record. So when he freaks out that, you know, I did that, he yeah. looked wait, at him and said that was cool. You said that was cool on the Pop Punk and Pizza podcast. I mean, yeah, I didn't you say know. it was cool. I said it, I prefer, prefer. it. Okay. Well, that's true. He didn't say it was, he, he's right. He didn't say it was right, cool. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, Caden, uh, what's your earliest memory of of being introduced to, like, your dad's music or whatever your your dad listened to? What was it that kind of like, you know, that that moment that went off in your brain? Like, whoa, I really like this. Um. Well, like you said, we've always had like musical stuff in the house, and like. Growing up, I would never listen to like the radio, any long car rides anywhere. It would be like a mixtape or a, a CD he put together of all the music he liked. So it was just like a lot of Beatles and just older stuff. Look, you know, you had a funny thing. You said this the other day where I would put more obscure songs of bands, Toronto bands, punk rock bands or rock and roll bands. And he thought they were as big as the Beatles because he'd heard them and he liked the song. Right. He didn't know oh, that. That band wasn't the Ramones. They weren't as popular as, say, the Stones or something. I go, well, they were popular, but more after the fact. And we never bought kids' albums. I would, you know, for Christmas, we'd buy things like I'd get, you know, uh, get a Led Zeppelin album or a Kiss album or a, or a Black Sabbath album or an Iggy and the Stooges album and go, okay, this is your classic rock album you're going to learn and listen to. And they they went through their phases. You were into Green Day for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, Green Day phase. Yeah. So, like, it, both of them went through that, a younger phase, and then moved on to other stuff as well. They, mm-hmm. You've always been kind of but, funny. You've been yeah. more rock and roll well, based, right? Yeah. I. Yeah, I don't think I really liked anything else besides rock and roll um but we i would i had a drum set when i was a kid and like i didn't really know how to play but like he showed me the basic like two and four what'd you learn to oh, to, the, to the cramps the cramps fly. Yeah, that was his yeah. big one when he was eight years old I'm a, he, he, i can play that you know that's awesome and then Did, like i would always every once in a while play the drums but i guess around uh yeah when i was 13 i was like well i got i want to kind of do this more like for real i guess get better at it not have a kid drum set or something like that well, the funny thing was is we did that show that 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 show and and, and i for for we hadn't really thought we'd be a band but we thought it, i wanted to expose them just to have some fun so i took them down to like a real studio go let's record some songs that we did we recorded them and it sounded half decent so we said hey why don't we put this out that was our first album and a, a friend of ours heard it who booked bands and and he actually put us on a show and i think their fourth show ever was playing at this place called the danforth music hall which is like a thousand seater and we opened wow. for the sonics that garage rock band the sonics from the 60s yeah Man, so, that's so, cool. So that was their fourth show, which I was like, it's all downhill from here. You can be playing for beer tickets in like 20 years. But like right now, this is it. Okay, really just prophecy moment. Prophecy, <laughs> prophecy moment there. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty decent for, you know, but that, I guess that's what you get when you got, you know, dad as the, the front man, you know. Well, right? they, and they kind of, and people, you know, like as much as, we think you need to stand on your own and we have to make good music. And it's, it's kind of a, an angle where people go, Oh, well, you guys are related. And at this point he was a 13 year old kid and that sort of thing. So he looked like a really, you know, five foot small guy on the drum set back there. 
you know? <laughs> I was like, a, I was a really like young looking uh, teenager. Like I, I was like five, two until like grade 11. Yeah. He's oh, only wow. 18 now. Right. So we start. You know, okay. So, so when I say he's an elevator mechanic, that's been for two, he just graduated high school. Right? Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's the thing about being 18, the beer tickets that we play for, they're not even good. They're not even good for you. Yeah. Are, I was going to say, I couldn't remember. Is the drinking age 21 in Canada? 19. It's 19, 19. in our province. Okay. Uh, in other provinces, it's different, but it's either 18 or 19. 18 in like Quebec. Yeah. And and then, uh, but that's it. Like there's laws too. Like he's, we'd go in, we'd have to sit in the dressing room and he sure. should go on stage and then you have to go and sit can, in the dressing room and you have to, you know, ha- you can't go near the bar, have an axe on your hand and that. But you know what? I've mm-hmm. done for so long that I just sit in the dressing yeah, room. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't go out even though I can't. Yeah. You're allowed to mingle. No, no, I'm good here. No, I'm good. Yeah. You're just so used to <laughs> All it. All right. Like, well, well, we'll bring the drummer out when he needs to play and put him back <laughs> in his cage afterwards. Yeah. You'll be like, um, uh, Trey Cool and Green Day in the uh, Basket Case music video yes. where he's got the straight jacket on. Yeah. And I think they yeah. bring him out in a wheelchair, of course. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's actually what comes to mind, except not that you're crazy and you're wearing a straight jacket, but I just imagine, you know, being like, okay, <laughs> let's go get the drummer. Yeah. <laughs> Here he is. But it, it has been funny where you've played a lot of places. Like you played some pretty cool punk rock clubs in Ontario and that. Right. But it's like, you know, as long as you're not, we, we don't, I'm, I'm the only, I was the only driver until he just got his license this year. So I had to drive everywhere. So it wasn't like mm-hmm. I was drinking and right. you know, it's like, I'm not like I'm getting hammered driving my kids around in cars. Yeah, Jared's, Jared's a straight edge, our bass player. He, and, okay. and, and, and he's into trains and not, I don't want to get my license. I'm oh. into, I'm into mass transportation. I think cars are bogus. Okay, cool. But you know, I, that means I drive. <laughs> I, as long as, you know, you're able to get around. I mean, that's, I guess that's all that matters, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, Toronto, you can get around on mass transit there. Are, you know, if you're in a larger city, it's okay. Some yes. of them are a bit more broken down in that. So it's not that much fun uh, in that, but right. you know, he's a big train mass transit guy. Yeah. So yeah, uh, it's, we, we, we get beer tickets and I just give them away from the stage, right? Here you go. There you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Who wants free drinks? Cool, Here you go. <laughs> you get a PBR. There you go. Yeah. yeah. There's an <laughs> American sort of reference, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I That's like a lot of the venues I've played here in the U.S. Like that is the beer that you'll get yeah. for free is PBR. Like, right. you know, that's that's usually the one. So Sex in a canoe, isn't it? Uh, sex in a canoe? Fucking near water. What's that? American, American beer is like sex in a canoe. Oh, it's yeah. fucking near it's, water. Yeah, it... <laughs> there's... Well, but now there's all these micro breweries and everything, yes. you know, so... Yeah, know but, but, yeah. but, yeah. I mean... You know what I mean. Like, I know, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. You know, it's just like, I could drink eight of... I, I remember mm-hmm. I was on tour with a guy, a band from the Doughboys. I don't know if you ever heard of them, but back in the day, I was with them. We went, we went to a place... We drank so much we were almost sober. I think it was Rolling Rock we were drinking. We were in Buffalo okay. or somewhere like that, or uh-huh. or, or some Albany. Yeah. I can't remember. Something yeah, not upstate too far. New York. Yeah, 
upstate New York. And it was just like, this stuff is just water. This is just, <laughs> we were just hammering them. We were What's... like, are you getting really drunk? No, I'm not getting really. And, and another time we're out in Vancouver on tour, this band comes up there from Seattle and they, they never drank Canadian beer. They'd only drank like really watery beer. And we're like, mm-hmm. oh, you guys never had beer? Let's have a drinking contest. We got them so hammered. They could barely play. <laughs> Sorry, I was a mean joke sort of play, but you know. Yeah, it's, and you know, like in some parts of the United States, um, like in Utah, for example, um, well, they have, they'll have, they have beer, but like, it's even, it's even more watered down than, you know, so like your basic, like, uh, let's say Miller light. Um, yeah. I forget what the alcohol content is regularly, but like, I think it's it's about 0.4 point. Yeah. Or something like that, or 4.0. It, it's even, it's even, it's like half in Two. Utah. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's even more like water, you know, yeah. if you're going to go to like a, a sporting event or a venue or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, so my, we're funny. We'll come in with a big jug of water, Pump, you know, yeah. a bit, we'll each have our big one liter and that's what we're drinking on stage yeah, yeah man that's uh, yeah we got our 1.5 we've got our, we, here's your 1.5 and sorry that'd be like a quart and a half so we got to talk american here. come on <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> we right we have the uh i'll never forget i was interviewing um uh another canadian artist last year and uh we were talking about you know, the temperatures and he was saying how nice it was. And, uh, he was saying, yeah, it's like 20 degrees here. And of course I'm thinking Fahrenheit (laughs) and not not Celsius. (laughs) And I'm like, what? Like that's cold, man. Yeah, wasn't yeah, to- yeah, I know. Right? Uh, I'm yeah. going to get switching back and forth. Like we've used feet and inches, all our woods and feet and inches, and you know, I I know temperatures in both. I know speeds mm-hmm. in both, right? Just mm-hmm. kind of changed while I was going up, sort of thing, right? Sure. Yeah. And my uh, my brother lives in Chicago for a long time, right? Oh, okay, cool. I, awesome. I've gone down. It's a great city. I've visited there a few times. Thank you. Yeah, I have yet to make it to Canada. Um, I made it close. I made it to Niagara Falls this year. So I, okay. so I made go. it close, but, um, that, that's, that's good. close to us. We go down there quite often. Do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There, there's a, there's a good venue down there. Actually, there's a lady down there, Christine Hells. She just opened a place called the upper space. It's a great place where during this, she opened it up and says, look, this is going to be a streaming place for bands where they can record and stuff out. And she, her and a couple other ones, Jillian was another lady down there. There's a couple of women who are really movers and shakers about really promoting independent music, punk rock music and that doing podcasts like this. And just, so it's good to see that sort of uh, uh, do it yourself sort of ethic there. So if you ever made it across the border, there would be a place to go. Oh, that's cool. I'll have to, I'll have to check Niagara that Falls out. Falls probably the most American city in Canada. Yeah, I would imagine being so close yeah. to the border there or being right on yes. the border. And it's just been always, it's Niagara Falls has been there. So it's been a tourist town for 250 Forever. years, right? So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Um, I was going to bring up on uh, Soundcheck and Fury. I, I just, re- reading some of the song titles cracked me up. And of course, listening <laughs> to them too, like the, you know, the pot stinks reference and um so so obviously so so obviously yes pot does stink but like well if you like if you listen to the words that song is the exact opposite it talks about the hypocrisy of you know there's more money for 
against drugs, but none for pollution, you know, and cop shot a black man that caused quite a commotion, suspected drug dealer. So they give the cop a promotion. We need it all. We need the law. But you go to hell if you smoke some pot like we're legalizing, making this plant illegal. But all these other things in society, you know, we're, we're taking pills and pharmaceuticals and all these sort of things. But, yes. you know, uh, you know, we take drugs for all our little pains and ho-hums. But, oh, you smoke pot, you're going to hell. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was what pot stinks is, is actually yeah. the opposite of what that sort of uh, thing was. Now, pot gotcha. is legal in Canada. Luckily, there's no right. stigma. Ketamine. <laughs> 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 just say people only say terrible things okay i'll just let you know <laughs> um yeah i uh it, it's not completely legal here in the u.s yet but um it's it's going that way it, it's definitely going that way a lot of the states have have fallen in line including illinois uh the state yeah. i'm in uh it's yeah. legal here now so um right. you know and, just and the idea is why are we incarcerating people for that right when we and, allow them to drink alcohol like it's yes. if you do a and, and it's funny because like, oh, this, 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 you know, this happened in 2017. You know, the world didn't collapse in Canada, right? And it was just like, you know, it, it's still voluntary. It's not mandatory that you have to smoke this, right? I mean, remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, like you mentioned, pharmaceuticals, man, people are getting hooked on that, you know, that shit post surgery, you know? Yeah, from- yeah, and it's happened for a long time. And, and you see it. And can you see it in the states? You know your oxycontins, you know, all that sort of stuff, where people just get go down that that horrible sort of hole there, right? Where you know they they get they get addicted to these things, and it's it's gone. You know, mother's little helpers from the '60s. You know, you know the Valium, all that sort of stuff. The, you know, phenobarbitals, all those sort of things that were, where people gave you the little little happy pills, the things for your twitches, the things for your aches and pains, et cetera. Right? I lost count what refill you're on for your back pills right i have had back pills. yeah yeah so many that's when i wrecked my back and the first thing here you go i'm like i go i'm gonna take these because i can barely walk but these things are dangerous (laughs) yeah and i'm gonna stop taking them as soon as i can Mm-hmm. I think it's I'm like, not how the turntables, you know, the turntables. That's correct. It's so. from the office. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> we take the piss out of each other. That's the other thing. Like you go, oh, it's like being like, they'll take the piss out of me. Like in a car ride home. So oh, you made a mistake in that third verse. What's your problem? Can't you remember your own songs? You know, like oh, you screwed up. You know, like people just like that's you, you start to deal with each other. At a certain point, your child, your child's still young. You're right. you're always a parent, and you give them that sort of advice. But then they become more like a up here especially when you're in a band and you start relating mm-hmm. to each other that much more and i don't know you you were a 16 year old you were an 18 year old you, you had well-formed ideas at that particular time of what you thought the world was about you know oh yeah it's nothing worse than the well i'm this old and the world's <laughs> like this son and you're like ah yeah grandpa <laughs> tell me you know whatever yeah, yeah i'll never forget i was 17 I was on vacation with my grandparents and my grandfather was, uh, drafted. Um, he was, it was kind of weird. He was drafted during peacetime into the army. It was either right after the Korean war or right before it. Um, I can't remember which, but anyway, um, you know, uh, you know, I, I, st- I guess I still have the, the same view as I did then, but somehow we got on the subject of drafting in the army and, and, uh, you know, I, I had said to him at the, uh, at the dinner table or the lunch table that day, whichever, whatever we were meal we were eating at the time, I said, well, if I ever got drafted, it's like, I wouldn't go. 
and he was like, it's like when Uncle Sam calls you up, you gotta go. You know, he was yeah. just very like, you yeah. know, and it yeah. was just like, yeah, 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 that was- we, yeah. We, we and and you know, we're, we're a lot. You know, we had a good influx of population during the Vietnam War. People coming up here from the states, right? I'm uh, sure you did. <laughs> so, so you know, there's never been there hasn't been a mandatory draft since Second World War. Here, we were in the Korean War, we were in the Afghan War, but you know, like it's it's a different mentality. You know, the, yeah. we have a different mentality towards guns. We have a different mentality towards you know to be in the army and you know that whole thing. You know, yeah. we're proud of our country, but I guess we don't wave the flag. I guess as much except at hockey games. <laughs> hey, that, that's important. Yeah, I don't though, bring up right? that you guys won yesterday. Okay, I just want to hear that either. <laughs> I'm not Go a big, ahead. I'm not a big hockey person, so ah, okay. you know, no problem. <laughs> Baseball, <laughs> but um, I do, I do think it's cool though that at a lot of hockey games, you know, um, they'll sing both the, you know, the American yeah. anthem and the the Canadian anthem. I always thought that was cool. You know, yeah, yeah. So for for obviously the the teams that you know like the for the good, yeah, the like the Chicago Blackhawks will face you know the yeah. um whoever I can't remember who's from Toronto who is well hockey teams uh, in Toronto Toronto Maple Leafs Montreal Maple Leafs. Canadians that sort yeah. of thing. yeah. Flames, yeah, 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 we, yeah, we watch hockey. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, my dog likes to. <laughs> oh, that's fine. To... We were gonna bring our cat into this. Maybe they could have a dueling. You know. <laughs> oh, I'm exactly. sure he would when love that. The cat that. came up just before we were about on it. Goes, <laughs> and Kate goes, we just should answer everything that. <laughs> yeah, I don't... This? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, which basically means feed me. You're starving me. I haven't eaten in five minutes, sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like oh, a typical cat. Cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, this has been fun, guys. Um, anything else you want to dish about or dish out about uh, the discarded? Well, you know, uh, wait a second. I'll give you a. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I just think we're pretty, uh, pretty good rock and punk rock. We got a lot of pop punk tunes, uh, a lot of melody in our songs there, but, you know, good heavy edge to it. Check us out. Check we're on our like, website. We're like Zambia rock. <laughs> Zambia rock? What is Zambia what rock? Zam rock. Zam? Zam rock. Okay. Yeah. Them kids. They got all the latest certified descriptors. Hey, them kids. No, uh, yeah, check us out. You know, you'll yeah. be surprised. We can, we got some good tunes. Awesome. Well, I, I enjoyed uh, listening to them, and and uh, it was great meeting you, Caden, and Meeting you, Joel. It's uh, it's pretty cool, Thanks. you know. Like, dad and two sons in a punk rock band. I love it. There you go. So it's uh, great having a good chat with you. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I hope you guys have a great rest of the night. Thanks a lot. You All take right. care now. You too. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye now. There's just something cool about a family playing in a punk rock band together. Uh, it's something you don't come across very often. You'll you'll hear of siblings being in bands together, but not like a whole family with dad. It would be even cool if there was a band like the Discarded, except it was all female. 
where it was like the mom was the lead vocalist and front woman and so on and so forth with uh, like her two daughters or three daughters or whatever. I'm sure that exists in the world somewhere. But uh, thank you to uh, Joel and Caden of The Discarded for being on the show today. Had uh, a great time learning uh, about uh, your band and just learning about your life. Uh, To learn more about The Discarded, you can go to their website, which is discarded.com. CA. This episode of Pop Punk and Pizza was sponsored by the Dave Gomez Charity Compilation featuring Tim Rogner of Alistair, Guardrail, Till Morning, and several others. All proceeds from this comp will go to the Chicago band pop punk scene veteran Dave Gomez himself, who is currently battling cancer. So pre order that comp today at Dave Gomez Charity Comp at bandcamp.com. I'm Jacques Lamore. Thank you so much for listening to Pop Punk and Pizza. If you haven't already, you can catch up on previous episodes at poppunkpizza.com or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. You can uh, hit that subscribe button as well and drop a review for me. It costs absolutely nothing but just a little teensy weeny bit of your time. And make sure you sign up for our email list this month because everyone who does so in January is going to be entered for a chance to win our hoodie or or a hoodie with our logo on it. You can uh, sign up for that email list also at poppunkpizzapod.com. And uh, once again, um, merch, our merch store is also there. You can submit your band's music to be played on the show or to submit to possibly be a guest on the show. You can do so much at poppunkpizzapod.com, so please do that. Our socials are poppunkpizzapod as well on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so give us a follow if you can. And uh, if you don't want to submit your band via our website, you can just shoot me an email at bangerangradio at gmail.com, and uh, that goes... Uh, to uh, bands and publicists as well. Feel free to hit me up at bangerangradio at gmail.com. So next week on the podcast, we hear from melodic punk band Hangtime from Toronto, Canada. That episode will be dropping this Tuesday, January 26th. And then on Thursday, January 28th, we talk to Big Smile from Ohio about their new single, Bible Belt, that is dropping on January 29th. I hope you have a great weekend, and I hope whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish or try, or working on, that you're able to finish it out and accomplish it. I know sometimes it can be hard, especially this time of the year, and then COVID on top of it, right? But I'm just here to say that I believe in you. Talk to you soon. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet you. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza.